I, uh, I understand that it's been over a week since I did my first, and uh, it went well. Let me just check. Yep. Yep, we're good. Um, let me just go ahead and turn that down. I'm watching the uh, the Red Wings and, and the, the Panthers and everything else, too. So Sabres and the Jets. The Jets are ahead 2-1. to one. Uh, you, you know, it, it's really strange, this whole idea of being somebody that people might actually want to listen to. And, and maybe I haven't completely grasped that at times. And I, I need to. And yet it's, it's really strange. Uh, the first, the intro uh, has garnered about 100 downloads, which is cool. I'm, I'm glad for that. I, I do wonder with um, the whole podcast thing, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I started out as a DJ. Um, I worked at, at summer camp. There were two summers. And my first order of business was to, to take dibs on the, the radio room. Nobody else wanted it. Uh, there was nobody who said, "Oh, I, I wanna, I wanna be a DJ." That's what I know. They were like, "Yeah, you go ahead, Shannon. You go ahead and take that. You want to be a DJ? You go ahead and do that." And uh, so I, I took it. You know, I, I took it and I went with it. And I, I used to make mixtapes. Um, I would DJ them. I, everybody liked, you know, made mixtapes back in the '80s. That was what you did. You liked a girl, you made a tape of all your favorite songs, then you'd like walk up to her all sheepishly, made a tape for you, and you hand it over. For me, that was never good enough. So I got myself microphones. I always had a microphone, or I had a a, a, a beatbox, ghetto blaster, boombox, whatever you call it. I always had one that had a microphone. I always made sure it was pretty clear and pretty good. And I would do tapes where I talked. And I would do tapes where I talked and did music as well. And girls always listened to the tapes, even if they didn't like me. And I mean, it was usually, I have a crush on you, I think you're great. But, you know, uh, there were girls who said the sound of my voice would put them to sleep, which isn't what guys want to hear. Um, just as just as like an FYI. If a guy says he, he kind of wants to be more than friends, and your answer is, your voice puts me to sleep, uh, they're, they're probably not going to feel very flattered by that. But I, I did my best with uh, with what I had. Uh, I always liked the uh, the phrase, I have a face for radio. I always kind of thought that about myself. And I was always rambling. I know when I was a little kid. Um, I always envisioned that I was on a TV show. And I think part of that is because I had a, a rough childhood. So I would always kind of play it like TV, TV shows. Yeah, that my life is a TV show. Sort of like the, the current president. I'm not saying this to put anything down, but the current president of the United States does kind of treat it like everything's a TV show. Everything's about ratings. And I, I kind of did the same thing. So I made it that I was a character in a TV show, sort of like I could I could separate myself from bad situations. My parents are fighting. I could go in my room, uh, crank up some music, and just pretend I was somewhere else. And I was someone else. Um, it was usually the way it worked. Oh, bear's getting into something. Bear, that's going to fall over, sweetie. Fun. Good. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, that never went away. And the whole time that I was married, the, the first 15-year marriage, um, I kind of repressed that. And yet I found myself, my wife and I never really connected. 
I mean, we, we, we were roommates. We never really connected. So I would connect with other people, which is dangerous. If you're married and you're connecting with other people, you're probably married to the wrong person. And I was too naive to understand that that was what was going on. So I would, I would find somebody that I connected with and I would tend to sort of um, discuss um, all these intimate things about myself and my personality and my life that I didn't feel comfortable talking to my wife about. Again, large red flag. Um, I don't have that now. Uh, and I think, you know, part of what helped fix that is, is the fact that I got the webcam and I started yammering away to myself with the webcam and I sort of started working through things on my own. But I've always been this guy. Now, fast forward to now and there's 26,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Uh, my Entertainment Guy channel has got 1136 last time I checked and a video I did on uh, YouTube's Idiot is up to 600 and some views. And I can say that on a podcast because I'm pretty sure he won't stumble upon it, but I, I really don't understand why idiots are so popular on YouTube. And I say this while realizing I have 26,000 subscribers, so hello, idiot. Anyways, um, but that that aside, um, I really, I, I, want, I want something big out of this. Like, I, I looked at my Patreon, and it says in there, if I hit $1,500, that I will at least in part look to organize some kind of a road hockey or, or, or um, um, floor hockey uh, tournament or some kind of something like that. And maybe we'd have a small entry fee that would go at least in large part to, to some sort of a um, charity. And I apologize for the, the hesitations here. This just isn't really planned out, so I'm kind of rambling. But I looked at the totals today and I thought, you know what? I could actually get to that number. I could actually hit 1500 on Patreon. Jeez, then what do I do? What happens then? What if I actually hit it? And, you know, it started hitting me like, wow, I'd have to do that. Like, I already realized that by deciding to have a, a, a level where I said, all right, I'm going to travel around the province and do videos. I'd be really, really happy about that if we had a, a vehicle that I thought would last longer than, say, I don't know, a month. Uh, the van has started dying randomly now. Um, it dies if you don't warm it up for five minutes after it starts, and the battery just died on us yesterday. And, you know, you jump start it and it starts right back up. But this is the problem we were having with it last winter, too, and then it turned out to be the alternator, the starter, yada, 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 yada. We got everything replaced in it, and now it started doing it again. So I don't want to have to replace all that stuff again. And Yvonne's concerned that we're not getting caught up on everything, which, of course, concerns me as well. Um, and this is all stuff that, you know, I, I still do videos. Like today I've done six videos. Uh, five of them are public. They go up on the channel. Uh, one of them is not. Uh, I do every now and then do a personal video for somebody that I don't see anymore. Because I don't get to see them talk to them, I'll sit down and just do a video for them. All of my clothes stay on. The conversation remains G-rated. Uh, there's nothing seedy going on with that. Uh, just before anybody makes that suggestion. But uh, it's it's a it's just such a strange world that I find myself living in now, where I'm I'm home this much. Um, now I'm 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 in a position where I have to kind of lose weight and get in shape again. 
I've lost a pound and a half in two days. I'd lost two pounds the first day, so the fact I've gained back a half pound doesn't really bother me. Um, I would probably be more bothered if uh, if I had lost another two pounds the second day. So as long as it's a downward trend, I'm okay with it. I My intention is to lose 40 pounds, which I can do. I know exactly where any weight gain that I've, I've experienced has been, and I can absolutely get myself back down. The, the funny part is, any time that I've been really skinny, I've also been really miserable. That's that's the truth. If you look at pictures of me and you go, wow, you look great then. Yeah, I was miserable. Uh, if I was skinny, I was miserable. That's basically the way that it works. If I look a little bit heavier, I was probably pretty happy at that stage. And lately I've been pretty happy. And it's easy when you're happy to not feel as motivated um, to get out and jog and do that kind of crap. Especially when you're in your 40s. It's called the middle-aged spread for a reason, but I, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I'm not going to say, well, I'm in my 40s, so this is expected, and my metabolism slowed down again, so, you know, it's just life. I can't I can't do that. And I, I feel like I have a, 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 a duty to people who might be listening to this, to people who watch my YouTube channel. Where the hell did I put the remote? There it is. Um... I feel like I have a duty to these people to keep myself in good shape and good health and to Yvonne as well because, you know, um, how the hell is Vegas ahead by two already? First period, Vegas, Chicago, Vegas is ahead by two. I, yeah, I don't get this because Vegas, Vegas reasons. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's so much that goes on in my brain and I have to kind of channel all of, all of my, my hockey stuff into one video and, and then my brain starts again as soon as that video's over. It's exhausting being me sometimes. Maybe that's why I don't go out and jog now. Maybe. I'm going to the gym, though. Um, went to the gym the other day and, and did a quick workout, and then my heart rate got kind of out of control. So that's when I knew my diet has to be changed, and I have to change a lot of things. Which means taking caffeine out of my diet, which is painful because I've had caffeine in my diet for a long time. And part of the reason is because I'm, I'm lazy. It's... If I take caffeine out of my diet, I'm going to have caffeine headaches, and those suck. So I've just kept drinking caffeine. Well, i got to get that out of my diet. That's got to stop. So I haven't had any caffeine, and I think it's three days now, and I'm kind of growly about it, but, you know, that's that's just life. And, yeah. Um, so let's let's discuss a little bit of hockey stuff here while I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, because this is the Hockey Guy podcast, and people are going to want to hear a little bit of hockey in here. Um, I don't understand what's going on with Vegas. I, I will say this. Uh, anybody who says, well, you know, Vegas is catching people off guard or Vegas is a surprise because... And, and trying to brush this off as just being a one-off, it's not. Uh, if this was in the early 90s, sure. Uh, because you don't have the video technology, you don't have the coverage, you don't have the constant social media scrutiny, yes. Then a team, if they got off to the start, I'd say it's a fluke, they won't do it again. Will Vegas ever have a start like this again? I don't know. Maybe. I doubt it. But it's a fun ride. And, and I'm really happy for the league that Vegas has worked out well. And I hope it happens with Seattle too. I hope Seattle has a good team when they get announced as, as the next expansion. I do feel bad for Quebec. And I do see the odd article here and there on Quebec. And I don't do very many videos on Quebec City. Because honestly, they're clickbait. The honest truth is, I think any writer if you held their feet to the fire, would admit the Quebec Nordiques are not coming back. There will be no Quebec Nordiques in the NHL likely ever again. 
the only way that you get a Quebec Nordiques, the only way that you get some of these cities with a team that's that's uh, you know in 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 a professional league would be if the NHL had a new WHA. Uh, reading through magazines uh, with the WHA in them has kind of enlightened me to the fact that the NHL didn't expand to Quebec ever. It never expanded to Hartford, Edmonton, and it never expanded into Winnipeg. It put the Atlanta Thrashers there. But those were all holdovers from the WHA. And they were added because the NHL wanted the WHA out of business. And I, th I think they, they recognized there were a few markets they could get into in a lazy manner. They didn't fight to stay in Hartford. They didn't fight to stay in Quebec. Uh, they didn't really fight to stay in Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton's four Stanley, five Stanley Cups. Oh, it's two to one now. Chicago just scored. Edmonton's five Stanley Cups kind of forced their hand in terms of okay, we got to keep this team. This is an NHL now. But they treated really they treated the Whalers and the the Winnipeg Jets and the Quebec Nordiques as they were somebody else's creation. I remember when they announced that uh, the Quebec Nordiques were moving, and they asked Gary Bettman, "What's the problem? Why are these teams moving?" And he said, "It can be can be spelled out in three letters: W H A." And I hated hearing him say it. It made me really angry when he said it. But it, it kind of makes sense in that he's saying that wasn't my creation. That wasn't the NHL's creation. Therefore, we can move it. Now, fast forward to what we've got now, and every team in the league, all 31, in some way, shape, or form, are an NHL creation because those WHA teams have moved, or the Edmonton Oilers, they've got a new stadium, they've got a new look, they've got different ownership, they've got a different leader. That's that's not the same Oilers team as in the 80s. So it's not really a WHA move. The Winnipeg Jets, yeah, it's the same name, but they're the Atlanta Thrashers in NHL creation. If a WHA-style league was to start up, you have to think it would be a six-team league. You have to think it would include Houston. You have to think Hamilton would somehow get in there. Um, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, a lot of similar, similar sort of names to WHA. But while it's crazy to think about it, could it work? Absolutely. Absolutely it could work. Um, would it? That's a whole other issue. But could it work? Yes. Uh, a World Hockey Association type thing could work now with a different ownership and if it was handled correctly. Maybe you start with four teams. Maybe you have four cities come together and say, well, the NHL isn't going to give us a professional league. We're going to start our own. The most recent attempt was the International Hockey League. The IHL with, ironically, the Las Vegas Thunder the Detroit Vipers, tried for a while there to compete with the NHL, but what they did was kind of a mix. It was, we're an independent league, and we're going to offer some guys big contracts, but we're not, we're not really a professional, we're not really trying to compete with the NHL, and they never really committed to it, because I don't think they had the money. I don't think they had the financial backers or the owners. I think there's enough people now who would be interested in having a team in enough cities for some reason, I do envision that the NHL could do it. You don't have arenas as big as baseball. You don't have a 16-game season like football. I, I just wonder if we are in an age where you could have a 40-team league, whether it's the NFL, the, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and, and maybe people are just too scared to do it. 
I, I read an article where they stated that the, the NHL's eventual goal is a 40-team league, which is, you know, I, I haven't seen any corroborating evidence of it, but it would be fascinating to see where it would go. How the playoffs would work would be interesting. I can't see the NHL having 16 teams in the playoffs and 24 not making it. I just can't see it. The NHL playoffs would have to be expanded because they want more playoff revenue for more owners. But it, it is an interesting idea. Where where do you expand? Does it does it work as four 10-team divisions? Does it become eight five-team divisions? You would have to at some point have that uncomfortable conversation about no interconference games. I think that happens anywhere above 32. I think we're at the breaking point. I think if the NHL went beyond 32 teams, we would see no interconference play, which would upset people for the first couple of years, and then they'd be okay with it. Because you're still seeing a, a, a variety of teams. It's not like you're only seeing 10. You'd be seeing 16, well, 15, not including your team. And, you know, you'd be seeing a, a pretty solid product, and likely with teams only playing within their own conference, you would be seeing teams that wouldn't be as tired. Maybe there'd be fewer injuries. It might actually be better for the NHL. But again, that's an uncomfortable conversation they don't want to have. So could another WHA succeed? The window for that to happen is 2020. And it might be another reason why the NHL would look to avoid a lockout. A lockout... In this day and age, uh, with things being as, as strange as they are, and with so many cities seemingly saying, well, we're ready for hockey, might be a bad time to lock lock players out. And with Seattle likely coming in in 2019 or 2020, you don't want to be locking out fans in Seattle either. But just think about it. You could create a brand new league during a lockout. Now, players are still going to be under contract, but what if what if this is one of those contentious ones where at the start of the summer, free agents don't fly off as much? What if there's a bunch of really half-decent half free agents who are available because GMs don't know what it's going to be like after the lockout? They don't know how much money they're going to have under the cap. What if they hold off on spending money and some of those free agents sign on with a brand new league? It almost happened uh, during the, the lockout that canceled the season. 2004, there was talk of the league players creating their own league and then there was legal issues and and things that blocked it and stopped it but it was discussed it was at the very least discussed and at some point in time it could be more than discussed anyways that's it for me for now uh it's worth discussing it's worth talking about thanks for listening you guys are awesome uh and i'll talk to you again soon